0: From the ice planet of Hoth, it's the IGN Digigods. Please welcome two men broadcasting from the inside of a Tauntaun, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. I cannot believe that no one has ever made a Tauntaun gag before. Corey, who is our Tauntauner? Brought to you by Stuart Moncure... Inside of a Tauntaun, I don't know where that uh, I'm going with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Corey. Really? Next? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I left that little tag on there from when you, you voiced your satisfaction at his take. Is that right? Yes. Look at me. I thought that was funny. That was funny. You thought that was funny.
1: Corey's always funny. See? When is Corey not funny? He's always funny.
0: Anyway, uh, we got a ton today. Um, and next week, next week.
1: The balcony is closed.
0: Next week is the big holiday gift guide show because next what? week next week is Thanksgiving. Yes. See? So we want everybody to sort of know what to go for on Black Friday. So we're going to hit you with our, our great big uh, holiday, Thanksgiving-y, christmas Hanukkah-y thing. And we're going to nail it next week. It's going to be a fantastic show. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be all kinds of great stuff. And uh the week after that we've got um uh, we're going to be off because of uh the, the, our, we're going to be just in hell. Well,
1: you, I'm going to be I'll be out of town.
0: Yes, you'll be. Yes, you'll be out of town, but I'm saying the, the the for the two weeks after that we're in Lafka Hell. Oh my god. You, you, you know what?
1: We've got nothing. I mean, I've got a few more. That's what
0: I'm saying. That's why it's going to be awful. You know what it's going to be like. But you you realize is- you realize that literally we vote on the 7th. We vote on December 7th, D-Day. And that for, we're going to get nothing until two weeks before then and then we're going to be getting phone calls from every publicist in the studio have you seen this have you seen this it's like no because you haven't sent anything out yet well we have screenings and suddenly we're going to be like inundated with everything in okay. two weeks you know what
1: can I say something
0: it's going to be crazy
1: now I was on the Facebook page now internally in Lafka we have this a couple oh. of us have a little Facebook page and I'm the guy who's emailing the Facebook our little Facebook group yeah. saying you know the Hollywood Reporter used to have a very very handy guide where every single day you can look and see what mm-hmm. is screening, awards-wise. But I don't think yeah. they have it this year.
0: I don't know. And, 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 and how come
1: nobody's like – is there some special site I don't know about that they're not telling me about? Because nobody's saying, you're right, Mark, or thanks, Mark. Because I, I, I had sent a link yeah. to that Facebook group with this guy, Richie Something, who does his own little third-party off-the-books wow. uh, screening guide. Yeah. I sent that link to the, our little Facebook group. It was you, me, Andy Klein, Amy Nicholson, and a bunch yeah. of others. I mean, is, is, is there something I'm not getting
0: Whoa.
1: Is is like Amy getting like emails uh, no. and poses, and, uh, no. emails and screening invites every single day. I am mean, not we
0: got we got a thing from Strand with a bunch of links. I don't know if you got that. No, you didn't get what that. What was that? I'll send it to you.
1: Really? Yeah. Like, what did it have?
0: They're yeah, like four films.
1: On, on links, I have to watch it's them like on laptop.
0: Vimeo. Well, no, dude, you, you have a do you have a Vimeo app on your TV? Of course not. <laughs> you don't have like a Roku or an Apple TV or something?
1: No, I have a I have Time Warner Cable.
0: I'm I'm sure you're tele- I'm I'm sure well, you the
1: play- Well the place the PlayStation might
0: have I'll bet it? the PlayStation has an app. Seriously, that's got it. Otherwise just, just do a do a do a thing like with your uh, oh no because you never mind.
1: Wait, so seriously, so you got an email from Strand with a bunch yeah. of uh Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Go go talk about something. I'm okay, well
0: uh, I want to make I'll talk about some funny stuff first. Just a, a collection of uh ha ha's. Oh I hit the mic.
1: I don't care what uh,
0: I don't know why I, I didn't get this. Comedy fans. Got a great documentary here. Oh, here it is. So yeah, see, so you got it. <laughs> Whatever. I knew you. Yeah, but it.
1: look, here, here's what it is. It says nothing to do with DVDs. Okay, here's what they sent. Stranger by the Lake. Do we care? Maybe. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wetlands. Do we care? No. The missing picture. Do we care? No. A
0: missing picture is good. No, it's not. It is. It's a doc. Okay, okay. It's a doc.
1: It, okay. Is there a reason? To, oh, it's a dock. Okay. It's
0: a 3D okay. Killing Fields. It's like right. you know. Okay, it's that important. To, okay, got
1: it. Okay, that, yeah. that I'll have to watch. Yeah. Abuse of weakness. Hell's that? No. One cares. I don't know. Exactly, the way he looks, no one cares. That's why I trashed it. Although I should watch the Missing Picture. Because yeah. have you seen any docs worth it uh, this year?
0: Yes, The Plot for Peace. Unbelievable. We just really? uh, Claudia and I just talked about it on Friday on, on uh, uh, about a week ago wow. uh, on NPR. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fantastic. I, I, I don't know that it's, that it's on anyone's radar, frankly. Um, but I mean the one that the one that everybody's like really really buzzing about is the uh, the Snowden thing.
1: The Snowden thing. Well, you know that's, what?
0: That's what's got everybody really, really buzzing.
1: But sometimes when it comes to docs, sometimes. Which I've not seen. Well, I've not seen it either. When it comes to docs, we can be a, a, a little weird. Like, yes, we may we can. not go for the Snowden thing. We may go for some little thing about blah, blah. Yeah, it's true. Some, like, Chinese immigrant who, uh, who walks 500 miles to go see his cat or something. <laughs> you know
0: what I mean? Like, we wind up with that. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. So, well, here, I'm going to talk about funny stuff. Uh, when Comedy Went to School is a wonderful documentary uh, that I th- thoroughly enjoyed and it's the history of the Catskills as the as ground zero for American uh, Jewish comedy
1: I've seen this Doc Wade
0: I, I, I know you're not as fond of it as I am I am not uh, because it's because you know you're too close to it you you like no you're, you're Jewish and you're from New York and you know people who went to the Catskills and you probably said like oh they didn't talk about the sauna room which is where Shacky Green used to pull his pants down I'm sure there's like stuff that you By saw the that way, was it missing
1: was, it was, was Alan Sherman he used to pull his pants oh, down oh see
0: okay see, I, see for me I, I grew up on this stuff but from afar, you know, Know, as a Gentile in Los Angeles uh, to me this, it's just funny after funny after funny and I just love seeing everybody interviewed here Robert Klein hosts the thing they got Jerry Lewis to, to talk to them which is a compl- an accomplishment Sid Caesar Jerry Stiller Jackie Mason they're all in this thing and, and I think it's some wonderful stories and I loved I loved the whole melancholic thing that this is where Jewish families from New York went and these guys performed and you know like Danny Kay and they're, they're all on stage and they're doing their shtick and people are laughing and it's just it's a family affair and it's like this resort place i love that whole thing i thought it was great
1: you're an honor- you're like an honorary jew i am
0: thank you do i get a card no oh.
1: no actually here's what you get <laughs> uh, uh, Indig- half the world hates you
0: indigestion exactly yeah oh, okay. oh how, dare how dare you that's an outrage thank you and then also uh we're yankovic yeah, about funny. He's the best. So we get the uh, the complete Al. That's L E A T. Complete. Awesome. Uh, never been on DVD before. So this is awesome. all. This is the uh, the, the mockumentary uh, that has all of his uh, amazing videos. You know, uh, eat it and everything else. Love it. And uh, it's cute. It's fun. I've, uh, I've, I've
1: seen Al. I've seen Al in concert twice.
0: Yeah, I, have? I know. you have and I wish it had. I wish this were on Blu-ray, but it's not. But you know what is on Blu-ray? In a special edition, uh, oh, UHF, twenty yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. fifth anniversary edition. Uh, this is uh, this is sort of when, uh, long before he portrayed Kramer, uh, Michael Richards kind of did his little shtick in this, and this is kind of between Fridays and and Seinfeld.
1: But this is like very much like a Kentucky Fried Movie type cold comedy. Totally.
0: It's just, it's completely off the wall. It's just Weird Al just being completely wacky. Uh, And lots of great extras in here. Uh, A a panel from uh, Comic-Con earlier this year. A, uh, an audio commentary, deleted scenes, music video, uh, lots of stuff. Fun little Easter eggs. I, I, I think I've only found a couple of them. I'm not sure there's more than that. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. I mean, he just, just spoofs in this, and it's just it's completely off the wall and a lot of fun. My my favorite gag in this <laughs> – do you know what my favorite gag is? I do not. <laughs> It's the it's the homeless guy who keeps asking for change. <laughs> He's like, change? Change, mister? And finally somebody puts, gives him money. He makes change. <laughs> he gives him change. <laughs> it's the stupidest throwaway gag, and it's just so funny. It's yeah. just so damn funny. Awesome. Uh, and then also, uh, one down, five to go. Uh, this is uh, Money Python Live, mostly. Yeah, that and was
1: a big deal when that uh, happened. Yeah
0: and uh so this is this is getting them all back together uh except of course for uh graham chapman Uh, and that's what they mean by mostly and uh that's very nostalgic and and sweet and honestly i this was this was a huge deal i mean this was getting them all back together for the first time in in over three decades and uh wow does it deliver it is just an awful lot of fun uh at the oz london and uh wow really great just so I mean these guys still have it and they're better than ever and that is a beautiful Blu-ray for any Python fan you will just not regret it uh, also a few other little ephemera uh, some other ephemera before we get into uh, television we're going to plow through some, some big deal TV here uh, Milestone Collection uh, Milestone Cinematech is what they're calling their, their line now do such a great job of unearthing really great archival stuff and they have a couple out from Shirley Clark who is uh you know one of the kind of pioneering american indie filmmakers that everyone has forgotten about and uh one is Ornette Made in America and the other is Portrait of Jason which was uh released theatrically earlier this year and uh Portrait of Jason really is is just first rate um this is about Jason Holiday who is uh, who is this gay black man um, that was shot for a complete solid day in 1966 as he basically just spun his life for Shirley Clark's cameras. And uh, you have to remember this is at a time when this is all kind of pre- Uh, gay rights movement Uh, this is you know this is a guy who is essentially coming out when it could have been it literally could have been used against him in you know legally could have gone to jail and uh, it's really uh, it's just it's it's historically significant it's fascinating and it's incredibly entertaining and really really worth checking out and then ornette made in america is a tribute and a snapshot and a profile of ornette coleman uh the the great musician uh, which is uh, it? Kind of uses his uh, life and career as like a template for a particular kind of American life, and that also is an absolutely wonderful uh, job of restoration that they did on this, and a fantastic film. So Shirley Clark, a couple of great ones from Shirley Clark, and and then we've got uh, a, a trio of films here. Uh, if you are a fan of Loki, from the uh, Thor films. Meaning Tom Hiddleston. Uh, Tom Hiddleston made a trio of movies for uh, director Joanna Hogg that are relatively unheard of in the U.S. But, uh, you know, definitely cool little films that are worth checking out, especially if you like Tom Hiddleston. I mean, he's just, I think he's a great actor. I think he's one of the great uh, British actors uh, who's just come of age. And uh, the films are Archipelago, Unrelated. And exhibition, all of them out from Kino Lorber. Uh, Joanna Hogg is a is a very interesting uh, filmmaker. Really, really good with uh, with director with uh, actors, and um, tells these very very interesting con- kind of contained stories. And uh, I-, I hope she kind of breaks through uh, sometime soon because she she does a one- all three of these are really interesting movies. And uh, you know she obviously likes to work with Tom Hiddleston, and I can't fault her for that. And then lastly, before we get into our television, uh, I just want to hit a few kid things. We haven't done kid vid in a while, and uh, we're going to do a little bit of it when we do the uh, Christmas show, the holiday show. But uh, a few other things that are worth mentioning. Uh, Young Justice is – there's a Young Justice movie that is out now on uh, Blu-ray. From uh, Warner's DC line, and even though I'm not a big fan of the Young Justice thing, this is—it's pretty cool seeing it in Blu-ray. They, the the animation actually kind of pops in a in a much more impressive way. So uh, look for that, especially Miss Martian, who's kind of like you know the female equivalent of John John's Man from Mars. Miss Martian, pretty cool. Kind of like kind of like the Green Dancing Girls in uh, Star Trek. Yeah. Something about green skin, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's sexy. I guess. Green is sexy. Mm-hmm. Green is sexy. Whatever. And uh, the great kids book, "Guess How Much I Love You," which we're finally getting from my daughter. You know, is it has a TV variation on it. And uh, autumn's here. Uh, the Adventures of Little Nut Brown Hair. Guess how much I love you. Uh, this is the this is an, uh, you know uh, just a collection of seven episodes that are all about autumn and and how wonderful it is, and the animation is delightful. Um also uh continuing our uh our dc comics thing we have a a trio of titles here let me pull them out get it all together uh we've got blu-ray of batman the brave and the bold the complete second season looks really sharp not my favorite show but you know uh we have just regular old batman season one part two dark justice Cooler animation, cooler concept, better writing. Uh, this one's this one's uh, this is a show I should probably watch more of because it's like the darker Batman again. And then on DVD we have uh, JLA for you know obviously Justice League of America uh, JLA Adventures Trapped in Time. This is a really well written original movie. I wish they'd get the people who write these things to do to at least work on some of the feature films because. They're they're sharp. They understand the characters, and they're very they understand the DC world, and uh, that's really sharp. What do you think? What do you think Suicide Squad's going to be like?
1: You know, at this point, you
0: following Marvel
1: that? is just uh, I, Marvel's having a, a Pixar esque run. They're having a Rob Ryan, early Rob Reiner esque run in terms of their ability to make everything work. Ant Man, you know now now Ant Man may wind up being the one that. You know,
0: but but Suicide Squad's a DC thing. That's that's the Joker and all the, the, the... oh
1: the oh the oh Suicide Squad. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Suicide Squad. You know what? It's David Ayer, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: He's the right guy to direct that. He is. You know, it's a platoon thing, kinda, kinda. You know, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I think it might be okay.
0: Well, speaking of Marvel, we also have Marvel Knights Eternals, written by Neil Gaiman uh, or Gaiman. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce that. Gaiman. But, um, Gaiman. He's a great writer. And that you know that commencement speech that he that's on uh, YouTube that he gave some years ago is pretty great too, but anyway, uh, the Eternals kind of digs a little bit deep into the Marvel playbook. Uh, It's like you know X Men if they were really really old and uh, wise and immortal. Uh, It's uh, you know I guess you have to be kind of a hardcore Marvel nerd to really really vibe to it, but it's it's nicely done, nicely written and, uh, and all that jazz. And then the last three here on the Kid Vid end, uh, a Blu-ray, DVD, and digital copy set of uh, Rainbow Rocks. This is the Equestria Girls from My Little Pony just doing kind of a Josie and the Pussycat thing. And uh, I'm a little reluctant to show this to my daughter because I I kind of want her to continue with her Peppa Pig thing. So I think this will just be set aside for, for the future uh ava and lala is really really cute uh this is uh it it, it's derivative obviously you know the anything that involves a a, a cute little girl and uh and lots of cute animals uh is going to be derivative we've we've kind of seen this a million times before but this this one this is from arc entertainment and they've got a division that actually does quite a few of these we've talked about a few of them in the past and, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit Monsters, Inky, and it's a little bit madagascar It's kind of somewhere between Monsters, Inc. and Madagascar, and I think that's okay. I think the, the animals are adorable, the animation is perfectly serviceable, and the girl's cute.
1: Whatever you say, Wade. I got no kids.
0: And then uh, from PBS Kids, Peg and Cat. We're trying to get into Peg and Cat a little bit. It's uh, not as popular as Peppa Pig in our house, but it won a ton of Emmy Awards this year. And this is Peg and Cat, Chickens on the Loose, and other really big problems. So uh, it's also, you know, a little girl. um, And, uh, you know, it's very, it's sweet. It's very appropriate and very proper, and it has kind of a Raggedy Ann, you know, art style. So that also goes, we're, we're trying to wean into that a little bit. By the way, Elmo is suddenly a big deal in our house. Oh, God. I never imagined that I'd be one of those parents. Seriously. You have no choice. I know. She calls the shots. All right, Mark. Television.
1: You know, here's the thing, Wade. So we have these um, Brady Bunch Target exclusives. Yeah. It's the first five seasons of the Brady Bunch. Target. Get it. It's very nice. But I don't know why you would buy the Brady Bunch an individual... Season one, season two, season three, because you're
0: a a target shopper. That's why.
1: No, you know what? If 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 you want this, by the way, forget it. Go online and buy the Brady Bunch complete series with shag carpet cover. Okay, the Brady Bunch complete series with shag carpet cover is on DVD. It's only fifty bucks on uh, on Amazon, and it's got a really cool shag carpet cover. That's the one you want. There is no reason. To buy these Brady Bunch individual seasons, if if you like Brady Bunch enough to buy these five, save yourself some money, and get yourself a shared carpeted cover.
0: All right. The end. All right. Forget I hear Target. You. No one I cares. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, you know, Bronco is a classic TV show. It's one of those westerns, one of those TV westerns. Everybody forgot about conveniently, and Warner Brothers is resurrected, and we now have the uh, the second season here. The first season came out uh, about a year ago, I think uh uh Ty harden stars on the show and uh it's essentially uh, you know he just, it's just a it's one of those things a little bit like uh like raw he's just a guy and he's moving across the west and uh he, a little bit like Kwai Chan kane in kung fu although it's not a kung fu thing he just he's just doing his thing but man they people just keep messing with him and they uh, they always it always comes back to hurt him
1: oh uh, yeah uh the thing i like boy. about him,
0: the thing I like about these these shows these old shows they had great guest stars, great guest stars, people that you know from you know all kinds of other shows and movies and and writers who really understood their environment and you know you feel very much like they do their research and they kind of created a wonderful um a wonderful sort of atmosphere of the era. you know. You, like, for example, you even have uh, Cole Younger and Jesse James show up here. James Colburn plays Jesse James. And some of the great, uh, some of the great uh, cameos here, like Alan Hale, Yvonne Craig, Batgirl, right? Uh, Troy Donahue, Mary Tyler Moore, before she was Mary Tyler Moore. It's great. And you'll see tons of other people show up here, Oscar winners and, and all kinds of others. And that's Bronco, complete second season. So one of those wonderful unsung and long-forgotten Westerns that has been resurrected. Thank you, Warner Brothers.
1: Wait on uh, True TV, which used to show uh, a lot of court stuff and a lot of uh, you know uh, interesting docs about crime and the court system and whatnot. They're now doing stuff like Impractical Jokers, which is your typical hidden camera, candid camera, blah mm-hmm. blah. This is the complete second season on a three-disc set. Um, I'd be lying if I said that all of this sucked. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it sucks. It's not sucks as much as it's like, okay, I get it. More of this. Why you and not somebody else? Uh, it just it just seems like yeah. a format that was sucked dry five years True. ago, and now here come these guys. So, Practical Jokers is not terrible. There is some funny stuff in there, and these four guys. I think they're lifelong friends. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Better than okay is the newsroom. Now, this is the Aaron Sorkin uh, HBO show starring Jeff Daniels and Emily Mortimer. I love Emily Mortimer. She's so oh, she's cute. She's the best. She's so cute.
0: I was, I was on an adjacent jury to hers at AFI Fest some years ago. So we all kind of, you know, she was on the, I think, was she on the docs jury? I think she was uh, the feature of the docs jury. I was on the shorts jury when Jason Reitman had a, you know his short in competition before he was Jason Reitman. No, she's lovely. She's lovely. We're all deliberating at the same restaurant at the same time.
1: Don't care. It because I, I didn't get to look at her. I, know. I, I didn't get to stare at her. She's
0: so sweet. She's—I mean—as sweet as you think she is, she's even sweeter.
1: Don't care. Yeah. Nope. I don't want to hear it. Yep. Olivia Munn also in it. Uh, Sam Waterston, Jane Fonda. Anyway, so uh, the newsroom—it's—you um, know what? It's just—it's just so whatever you might think about the show, it is so interesting hearing Aaron Sorkin work out his issues on this show. It's so it, interesting it, to hear him true, do these right? little dialectics and on the show. You know, with the little And
0: Jeff Daniels is a great alter ego.
1: He's a great alter ego. Yeah. He's got he looks like a newsman. He's got that Keith Olbermann thing going on. I know that Sorkin and the Keith are friends <laughs> or are friends, who the hell knows. Um, so yeah, uh, the show is not perfect. Uh, and it is definitely coming to an end on HBO. In fact the new season arrives uh, this month, if it hasn't already arrived it feels, right United comes United comes already huh? it feels right when a show comes to an well, end. It feels right when a show comes to an end. Well, no one thought this thing would only last three seasons, but um, I think it's fine for it to end. Yeah, you know, I think HBO has other fish to fry. They have, you know, whatever Game of Thrones and other stuff. But uh, this was definitely a prestige show by a great writer who has a lot to say. So no matter what you think of or- uh, Sorkin's politics, the drama you just can't beat. Now, when it comes to drama, now it's now when I think of drama, and I think of Aaron Sorkin. You think I of think drama of drama, mean hot in Cleveland
0: <laughs> <laughs> with Betty
1: White, Valerie Bertinelli, and Jane Leaves. This is on TV Land. I don't know what to say about this show uh, except Not that good. It, except that it gives Betty White work. That's all it does. That's all it does. You
0: know what? I, TV Land obviously doesn't have enough to pay writers, but they have enough to pay cast.
1: Yeah, That's I get I mean, how expensive it. are these people, though? Come on, man. How expensive is, is Valerie Bertinelli at this point? How expensive is Jane know. Leaves? Terrible. Although yeah. the DVD does include an animated version of the show, which is kind of uh, a little bit weird and ridiculous.
0: So, uh, Quincy, the original um, Examiner... As far as you know, doing crime shows, they, they, this, they never had uh, shows about uh, examiners or even examiners be a significant part of these shows. Uh, me, but medical examiners became a big deal when uh, Jack Klugman became Quincy M.E. And this is season seven. Obviously, there's nothing different in season seven that you didn't already have in the first six seasons. Uh, Twenty-four episodes of uh, Jack Klugman just doing his thing and being that that grumpy medical examiner that everyone remembers him as. And and that's the thing that impresses me about this show is that. He was he was Oscar on the, on the Odd Couple, and to reinvent one iconic character by becoming another one, which William Shatner has done twice, by the way, you know. Was
1: T.J. Hooker really that iconic? Oh yeah,
0: T.J. Oh, Hooker was, was hilarious. I mean, I mean, there's a whole generation of people. I mean, true, most, everyone knows him either as Captain Kirk or Denny Crane, but T.J. Hooker is still pretty iconic. It is. It's T.J. Hook. It's a jungle sure. out there. It's a great show. Terrible. Anyway, so uh, 24 episodes, no extras, uh, but Shot Factory and uh, Universal have, uh, have are helping us wrap out this sure. show. And then we also have uh, Heartland, which is a show I've never heard of. This is the fourth season of Heartland, uh, which is still running on a network known as Uplifting Entertainment, the uh, network otherwise known as Up. Up. Uh, I'm always amazed at how many cable networks are out there that I've never heard of. It's just this is a whole brave new world, but uh, it's it's a very very simple kind of ho- I, apparently obviously uplifting entertainment is not uh, marketing porn to the masses. So the whole point here is to do something very homespun, very rural, very uh, you know middle American, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, Amber Marshall is and uh, Michelle Morgan are these sisters, and they. You know, they live on a ranch, and uh, it's it's all it's all you know. They love horses, and it's just really sweet. And got a lot of great life lessons, and some very decent acting. And there's nothing uh, really wrong with it. It's just not enthralling. It's obviously not Law and Order, but you know, it's not bad. So, uh, whoever's making this show, they're obviously doing something right. And uh, I'm gonna have to look for uplifting entertainment and see what else is on there. No, you're not.
1: I like me TV. You know, MeTV. Uh
0: It's like it's like what Nick at Night used to be. It's the best. Like, oh my god, they book? have
1: reruns of every single show yeah. that is the this Star Trek and Adam yeah. Twelve and, and yeah. just all of them. Yeah, it's the best. I I, I, I've, I've
0: heard that. I haven't watched it yet. That's the greatest. Yeah.
1: I Dream a Genie. It's got all those sitcoms that you love from the '60s are so well, lame.
0: I, well, I've got all those on DVD. I'll just put them on.
1: You're not. You're not doing
0: that. Maybe not. And then the final season of The Big Valley. Dun 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 dun. dun. Uh, with which is the show basically that, that sort of wrapped out Barbara Stanwyck's career and which launched Linda Evans and Lee Major's careers and uh, Peter Breck mm-hmm. and Richard Long were along mm-hmm. for the ride. This, this, you know, let's be honest. The, this show really only came into existence because they felt uh, they had some. We got to do something to counteract Bonanza, and so they they cooked up a kind of quasi Bonanza, a different family. And they hired Barbara Stanwyck to be the matriarch, uh, to counteract Lauren Green's patriarch. And frankly, it's a much more interesting show in a lot of regards. The Big Valley has is, is actually a very, very good show and did a lot right that Bonanza did differently. So um, I think both shows are compelling in their own right. And uh, this obviously is, you know, it's, it's another California ranch. And... Uh, it's it's really fun and also some really really good uh, cameos here as well so uh, that one is out from Timeless who does all this great kind of nostalgic western stuff and that is the final season of The Big Valley
1: Big Valley okay wait we got a couple of uh, Fox shows to talk about first is Salem the complete first season uh, this is a show that is uh, based on the Salem Witch Trials of course those were in the 17th century this show um, you know is all about that Massachusetts, Salem, witch trials, crazy wackiness. Yep. Um, I think the show is probably this show is not a big fan. Uh, critics are not a big fan of this show. I think that it's um, it's becoming a bit of a cult show. And the three disc set includes thirteen uh, episodes. Um, I don't know what to say about the show. I'm, I'm hoping that in season two, it either it, it, in season two, it's either going to take off and become a hit, or it's just going to always just sort of. Live in that middle ground of mediocrity and just become like a more popular with fans than anybody else. So, um, Salem, I like the uh, topic. Uh, the execution is okay. Also on Fox, we have uh, Graceland. Now, Graceland is a. Uh, this was renewed for a second season, by the way. Um, it's about these undercuts. Really? undercut. Yes. Oh I don't gosh. know why. About these undercover agents, uh, they're scattered all across the U.S. There's, there's FBI people, there's DEA people, there's ICE people, and they all live in this beach house, and the beach house is called Graceland. And so um, they're all fresh out of Quantico training, and uh, that's the show. You know, I just feel like I've seen this sort of stuff before, where everybody's super handsome and everybody's really gorgeous, and they're, you know, they're all packing guns, all fast-paced, and I don't really care about the people is the real problem. I just feel like this thing only exists just to, like, show people running around training facilities and, you know, and holding guns. Um, I don't know what the appeal is of Graceland, but uh, it has already been on for a season. This is the season two DVD. Um, So there you go. Graceland. Not a fan. The X's on TV Land is a terrible show that I guess, like we were saying before, if it's TV Land and you can get together, you know, the guy from uh, Wayne, Wayne, uh, you know, Newman from the... Seinfeld, You know, Donald Faison from uh, Scrubs and Kristen Stewart from Third Rock from the Sun. If you can get those people together for a show, you've got yourself something on TV land. And this is the X's. This is season one and two. Um, and I guess there's new episodes that are coming up. It's uh, Wednesdays on TV land. But this thing is just terrible. I mean, TV Land is not really affording themselves the best writers out there. So I, I would – unless you love these people because you're such a fan of like 90s sitcoms or, early, or you know 2,000 sitcoms, I'd pass on this. The Good Guys is a show that we were really hoping would do well, but again, it got canceled. And uh, we were fans of this show because we got to interview Colin Hanks back when we were doing a uh, stupid ah, for movies. Yes, That's right. And Colin, who was a really cool guy. And, uh, at, th- at that point, the show had already been canceled. And I remember one of our questions was, how does the network let you know it's been canceled? They call you, do they call the agent? The agent calls you, uh, he was a super cool guy. And, um, Bradley Whitford is also great, but in the, and, and I, I love the Mia. It's all about, you know, a seventies. It's almost like a spoofy seventies detective show thing. um, I thought this place had a lot of interesting areas yet to explore, but in the end, people just didn't get it. So it is gone, the good guys, but we liked it.
0: All right we're going to speed these show up because we've got uh, still a lot of stuff to cover new movies and classic movies and cult stuff and if we can get to it even some uh, some foreign stuff so um, and I've got some you know British TV and anime that I'd love to get to don't think I will, but you know we'll see um, a few documentaries I want to burn through real quickly here. Precious Muir is an aspiring British uh, model who um, faces an interesting dilemma about uh, you know get get breast implants or your career is over. And uh, this is basically a documentary from Garden Thieves Pictures that is about her and that whole dilemma, what choice she makes, there's the mystery they're in. Uh, But obviously hidden between uh, all of the sensationalistic stuff is the reality that for a lot of women this is a choice that their careers hinge on. And it uh, it doesn't go as deep into that dilemma, I think, as it needs to. But again, it's through the eyes of one woman and her experience, and it certainly sets the ball rolling. Uh, Vikings Raiders from the North is a uh, a DVD that comes in a Blu-ray package, so don't be uh, thrown if you see this on store shelves. It's a DVD. It's marked as a DVD. They just happen to you know use one of those clear plastic packages that uh, uh, Cohen and uh, Draft House and a lot of other companies use for uh, for their Blu-rays. It's the clear plastic version of a Blu-ray case. Uh, anyway, this is a documentary about Vikings. It is by no means comprehensive. It's about 100 minutes long, but it hits all the major beats. It uh, doesn't go into, you know, a, a lot of the, the, historic, the specific historical details, but you certainly get a sense of what it meant to be a Viking, and it's a nice companion piece to the uh, TV show Vikings, which they're not sending us in season two. So, you know, I wanted to talk about them in the same breath, but didn't happen. Uh, JFK, The Private President, uh, A Look Inside Camelot. Nice little documentary from First Run Features that is kind of strictly for JFK fans. Nothing really about the presidency per se. This is just, uh, you know, home movie type footage uh, that gives you uh, a sense of what it really was like to be a part of a presidency that has young children in the house. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting period in time. The 60s were both uh, kind of nostalgic and volatile. And uh, that's what this is all about. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's nicely put together, very professional, very, very um, sincere. Uh, Alive Inside is uh, won the Audience Award at Sundance earlier this year. And uh, this is a pretty terrific documentary, i got to say, uh, you know, having some per- family experience with this. The idea here is, is that people who have dementia, uh, the best therapy they can get is music. And uh, it's primarily all through the uh, it's it's the it's a it's a it's all kind of there's a, there's a, a researcher who has put together um, a, an approach to helping them by putting together these sort of mixes of their favorite music, and when they listen to music that comes from when they were younger, that sort of helps them remember, and it and it does it it does right for the brain. It's it's amazing. You they show precisely how it actually helps the brain more so than medication. Music better for the brain than medication in cases of dementia. And uh, it's quite a fascinating film to watch. It's it's really extraordinary. And that's out on Blu-ray. Not sure it needs to be on Blu-ray, but no matter how you see it, you've got to check it out. It really is a very, very touching doc, and hopefully it, it you know results in some changes in the insurance and medical profession because music cheaper, like they literally, they, they point out in this, like an iPod is cheaper than about a month of medication in many cases. But insurance will not pay for the iPod.
1: And you can't dance to medication.
0: See? There you go. Right? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Let me go through here. The dog. Did you see the dog? Uh, What is that? that's, That's the guy the dog day afternoon was based on.
1: Yeah, you know what? I was invited to that thing a hundred times, and I never went. Man,
0: those invitations came endlessly, didn't they?
1: And in the end, I never went.
0: No, I didn't either. I waited for this. Uh, yeah, not as interesting as Dog Day Afternoon, to be honest, but interesting just the same. It's a great story. Uh, yeah, it is a great story, and uh, it's not. You know, I know they want to say it's it's a Draft House film, and it comes in that clear plastic, you know, Blu-ray packaging that I mentioned a second ago. Uh, draft House picks a lot of really interesting stuff could be better um, I, I think the story could have been told a little, more, a little more cleanly but it's still a really interesting story and if you're a fan of Dog Day Afternoon it's an even more interesting story because then you can start playing the fact versus fiction game um, so it's, it's a worthwhile sit I think it's probably going to be considered one of the I don't know if this is going to be in the top it's, I'd say this is maybe one of the top 10 12 documentaries I, I would
1: say top 10 maybe top not 10. Top, yeah. not top 5 yeah
0: Oh, let's see. PBS did a wonderful job with The Mystery of Agatha Christie with uh, David Suchet, or Suchet, depending how you want to pronounce it, which is uh, all about the life of Agatha Christie, which we know nothing about. We know more about her writing than we do about Agatha Christie herself. Um, But this is really good. And, of course, they pick David to do this because he is television's Poirot. So he is a suitable figure and a wonderful host. And uh, it's really, 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 uh, it's really nicely done. Very nicely put together. It's only an hour long, so obviously not going to get into any, you know, of the crazy nuances. Some people like to speculate about this and that with Agatha Christie. But no, they don't go there. Let's see. Uh, James Cameron is always good for a yuck. James Cameron's uh, Deep Sea Challenge 3D. And he just will not stop. He just... He's the most restless human being on the planet. Um, basically, he wanted to... You know, he's one of the only people who's gone down into Mariana's trench. Like, there's only a handful of people who's ever done it. He's one of them. It's like, why Well,
1: Mariana's very dirty. She doesn't shower.
0: Ah, uh, Wow. You did go there. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. yeah. I went there. Snap. That's seven miles Snap. down into the ocean. I mean, the pressures must be just insane. Anyway, so this is James Cameron taking a little 3D trip down to the, the middle of the ocean in the Mariana Trench, and uh, I, I, guess it's, I guess it's, you know, interesting. I, you know, it's water. It's, I, I never really got into deep sea diving films. Uh, let's see. Ma, no, that's not quite as interesting as it should be. I Am Ali. Did you see I Am Ali? No. Nope. It's good. It's really good, uh, Muhammad Ali. One of the more, for a guy who's so who's so public through his whole life, uh, surprisingly enigmatic uh, to most of the public. So this pulls the curtains back, and uh, you get a much more complete picture of who Muhammad Ali was and who he is. And uh, this is a, a really extraordinary man, uh, physically talented. Uh, mentally very, very bright, and yet very troubled and conflicted in a lot of respects. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful documentary. This might be on the short list too, by the way. I Am Ali is. Oh, I can see that. It's this is. It's really. It's. I mean. It's really solid. And it's. It's not a puff piece. You know. It, it kind of. It really makes every effort to get inside the guy. Okay, hold on. This one, this is worth making a mention of. What the Bleep, Down the Rabbit Hole, 10th Anniversary Edition. You remember this whole What the Bleep thing? I know. It was a that big was deal. a phenomenon for it a was. moment. And it's just basically just kind of, you know, new age pop psychology. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm not
1: sure. It was almost like The Secrets. Like, why are people freaking out over this stuff? It's just I, I like the same old crappy message in a new package. Yeah, it's just it's it's just just,
0: it's just new age pop psychology, but they made, a, they made, you know, a couple of movies that were all kind of... You know, made people think about their lives. I had people call me. and They're like, Are you, this changed my life. I'm never going to be the same. I'm making different choices starting the first thing in the morning. Yeah, and, would...
1: and then by the evening, they were making the same yeah, bad exactly. choices they always made.
0: But it really, it had an effect on people. And it's, it's interesting. I, 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 you know, it's fine. But uh, anyway, you get uh, the, <coughs> you get a couple of different versions here. Uh, the theatrical version and the quantum version, which is five hours And you get to sort of build your own viewing experience. I I really didn't... I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means either. I didn't even try. It just, it sounded way too pretentious for me to even attempt. Um, But anyway, obviously the film has a following. And uh, those who aren't interested, who weren't interested before, aren't going to be interested now. And then before we get into new films, uh, let me throw out a couple from Virgil. Virgil. Virgil Films always puts out a lot of interesting stuff. This is uh, Money for Nothing, History of the Music video, uh, which is really fun. It's almost impossible to do this comprehensively, but there's so much material that's really great in here that I don't really care what they left out uh seventy eight minutes of just sheer music video history bliss, and Mark and I belong to the generation that grew up with the music video so there's not there 's really nothing here uh that we haven 't been experienced to uh, we have no exposure to. obviously, they go a little further back, you know they go into sort of the origins of music video, starting with like musical shorts and thirties and forties, and you know Bob Dylan and things that sort of. Pre- preceded the technically the 80s-era music video, but we've seen all that stuff as well. And once you get into the 80s music videos, it's just... Uh, that was the golden era of music videos, man. That was great. And then also from Virgil, Out of the Clear Blue Sky, which is uh, yet another documentary about September 11th, but um, uh, very, very different. This is about Cantor Fitzgerald. Specifically, they decided to um, pick uh, one particular company, and in this case, Cantor Fitzgerald, and they want to focus on their particular experience, the the tragedy of that day through that one company, which uh, lost 658 employees in one moment.
1: That was just unbelievable.
0: And I mean, that's 658 employees killed instantly. And that, uh, it, it's the, it, I mean, that's just extraordinary and devastating. And I don't think a lot of people realize that there was one company that suffered that big of a toll I mean that's that's like you know about 3,000 people died that's like one out of every five of the people who were killed on 9-11 worked for one company
1: it's incredible incredible terrible it's
0: incredible it's horrible so it, it, that that is a, that brings it to home in a very very personal way and that also very very well worth seeing alright Mark let's uh, let's pound some new movies let's we'll do it
1: what do we got Wade uh, line them up
0: all right, let's pound them. Light them up. Pound them. Drive Hard. I'm going to talk about Drive Hard first. Because Drive Hard, everybody missed. It was in theaters for a second and a half, and I actually had a lot of fun with it. Uh, John Cusack and Thomas Jane, two guys that you would think would never be in a movie together. Brian Trenchard Smith, who is an Australian-American director who's done a lot of B-movies over many decades, and he's just hes a workmanlike guy. He's made tons of movies, and he makes them fast, and he makes them cheap, and he makes them great, and he's a real throwback to the old, you know, kind of Corman school. He's, he's just really fun. He uh, co-wrote and directed this, and it is a rip-roaring, really fun film about a... with Thomas Jane as a former race car driver whose uh, life is not very domesticated. He's now married, and he's got... you know, he's settled down, and he doesn't really race anymore, and he's, he's just... doesn't really have much of a, you know, a life. And, um... Suddenly, he, he bumps into this guy played by John Cusack, who um, hires him you know he, Thomas Jane basically works as a driving instructor now, and he's an American and his next an patent. and he's living in Australia. The whole film's shot in Australia. John Cusack is this American who pops in and wants to be taught how to uh, drive in Australia. And next thing you know, he's taken Thomas Jane hostage because he's now robbed a bank or he's robbed a, a financial organization, let's just say, which he has a connection to, and now they're both on the run. And where it goes from there, it's just unpredictable. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's very satirical. It's very funny. Um, and as far as you know, heist and chase movies go, I, I think it's a, it's a gem and a total surprise. So uh, you definitely want to check out Drive Hard. That is a, a completely from left field surprise that you'll have a lot of fun with.
1: Uh, speaking of a lot of fun, Wade, 22 Jump Street. Funny. Yeah. Come on. Hilarious. Uh, Jonah Hill and uh, Channing Tatum they're very funny together and the uh, obviously the movie uh, which was directed by uh, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller the guys who did the Lego movie they have a very specific and uh, very rambunctious comedy sense I very fast paced funny stuff
0: I'll tell you I think th- this is this may be the funniest studio film that I've seen since Team America Really? I I laughed so hard at this. I, I thought it was just terrific. Really? I mean, the first one I was not that fond of, but this is outrageously funny. Because it's satire, the whole thing. They just, they say, you know, we're not even in Jump Street territory anymore. Screw it. The title is just something that gives, you you know, we, we now have these guys, they're their own thing. It's not tied to the TV show. Um, we're just going to go off on, it's going to be a, a wacky buddy comedy that just spoofs everything. And there's a whole gay subtext to this thing. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. That, that whole gay subtext is hysterical it is beyond I mean the double entendres are they they outdo Three's Company it's brilliant (laughs) they really do quite a low bar there Wade Uh. Uh,
1: no this is this is really funny stuff and and you know what it's uh, we've talked about this before how it's so difficult nowadays to watch a film where you feel like the inmates are, are running the asylum it doesn't feel as if it's been market tested it doesn't feel like there's any studio interference it just feels like a bunch of filmmakers made the film they wanted to make you know love it or leave it and these guys just went hog wild and it's really funny so 22 Jump Street has a lot of special features, including a whole bunch of Blu-ray exclusives. So you may want to get the Blu-ray as opposed to the DVD. There's some deleted scenes and extended scenes. Those are funny. There's a commentary by um, Jonah and uh, Channing Tatum and Phil and Chris. So, yep, check it out. 22 Jump Street. Funny. Good stuff. It is good stuff. Um, also good, a little interesting, is this kind of adventure movie, monster movie mashup that kind of came and when called Ragnarok. Now, Ragnarok, years ago there was a Viking ship that was run aground many years ago and this archaeologist finds the ship and goes into the ruins of the ship and finds all this stuff about uh, Norse mythology and the myth of Ragnarok and it's all about the myth of Ragnarok and how that turns into this crazy adventure movie that's kind of like... It's less Raiders of the Lost Ark than it is, um, like Alan Quartermain. So it's very B movieish, you know? But it's actually kinda of fun. I mean it definitely rips off the Raiders of the Lost Ark template. Sweet. So it's I I this is not, you know, like original stuff, but um, you know, and there's like this tomb raiding and mystery ships and like the the hot young teenage daughter and blah blah blah. So I, I can't say this is original in any way, shape or form, but um it has its charms, I have to say, Ragnarok. This is worth a uh, I'm-really-bored-on-a-Thursday-night-rental.
0: <laughs> we also have another John Cusack film, Reclaim. Uh, he just keeps playing bad guys in this new phase of his career, and he's really good at it. Uh, he Here he, he plays a bad guy alongside Jackie Weaver, who, as we know from uh, Animal Kingdom, is just great when she plays bad. Fantastic bad. Uh, Ryan Felipe, uh, always a good victim. Uh, is a, uh, this guy who, along with his wife, played by Rachel Lefebvre, they've got a daughter who uh, suddenly disappears, and it's, her disappearance is tied into the fact that uh, John Cusack and Jackie Weaver are, are human traffickers. Uh, the twists and turns don't always pan out, but it's, uh, you know, like Mark said with Ragnarok, it's probably decent just, you know, if you want to watch something that's diverting for an evening and not pay too close attention, you could do worse. Is that damning with faint praise?
1: What does that even mean? I don't know. Damning with faint praise. You're damning it, but there's a little bit of praise involved. Uh, Yeah. Okay, got it.
0: And then in a big whopping Blu-ray 3D, Blu-ray DVD, and ultraviolet digital HD combo set, boy, say there's a mouthful, is uh, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, the sequel to Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller's original Sin City. And uh, this one uh, cost about two or three times as much and made a fraction of what the first same one made. Damn movie. Because it's exactly the same thing. It the structure is exactly the same. Um, all the, you know, the 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 way the storylines kind of wrap around each other, it's the same. Uh everything is it's a little bit different in the sense that you only have a couple of cast members who come back. Jessica Alba and Mickey Rourke uh, are the are the, you know, returning cast members basically and then, you know, you have Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Rosario Dawson and uh, Josh Brolin in particular. They they kind of make uh they're the new storylines. They walk in, and it all it folds back on the original film a little bit. Um, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt stuff I found to be much more interesting because that ties in with the Powers Booth stuff from the previous film. Uh, Dennis Haysbert's terrific in this, by the way. There's like a, a bodyguard who's just invincible. Pretty great. Eva Green is terrific. Um, she's in the Josh Brolin storyline. She's the fun, the new kind of uh, femme fatale figure and Josh Brolin is is, is quite good here as well Um, but uh, you know what it's still the same movie it's exactly the same kind of thing I I guess if you love the first one and you feel the need to see more of that then this is uh, obviously going to fit the bill but you know I didn't feel like I needed more I felt like the first film kind of scratched that itch you know what I mean
1: yeah I, I didn't need a sequel especially a sequel that's the same thing
0: it's exactly the same thing it doesn't really it just continues you know it's just more of those kinds of stories and that's whatever Alright, uh, let's see Cult movies I want to get to a f- some of the foreign things too Because I know there's one in there that we are both super fond of uh, So let me just Make quick mention of a few cult movies here um, Mario Bava's Planet of the Vampires uh, From American International uh, The Sam Arkoff company that started uh, Roger Gorman's career this is now out uh, in, uh, in in a Blu-ray form, and it's it's a beautiful Blu-ray, but it's ridiculous. This is a part of the ongoing Kino Lorber series of uh, Studio Classics. They got this one from the Orion Library, which inherited much of the AIP Library. So this thing has bounced around a lot as far as rights are concerned. Uh, this was made in 1965, straight up exploitation film. Uh, you know, it's an Italian movie that uh, that AIP picked up and 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 dubbed, and boy, it's just. Uh, it's nutty. It's really nutty. It's, it's cheesy beyond all belief, but kind of entertaining at the same time. Planet of the Vampires. Uh, the Bubble in Space Vision 3D, also a uh, long-forgotten cult movie that's kind of, a, a, sort of a, a central film in the 60s renaissance of 3D, not the original 50s moment, but in the 60s when they took another shot at it. They uh, have a 3D version here, which you obviously need a 3D player for, a uh, Blu-ray player. And uh, it's not bad. It's kind of kind of interesting. They they they, they especially when you watch the restoration uh, on this. Uh, as a film, the bubble is not very good. It's just uh, kind of it wants to be sort of in the same vein as um, as like a zombie film or even something like the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's sort of uh, it's kind of trying to be one of those sorts of movies, but and it's not that successful. But technically, it's a little more interesting. Uh, the Doctor and the Devils uh, is from Scream Factory, the division of Shot Factory. This is a hammer film that uh, does a wonderful job of uh, kind of preserving the, the spirit of the old hammer films. It's uh, it, you know, not technically a, a classic hammer film, but it, uh, it, it hits on all those cylinders. It's uh, directed by Freddie Francis. Who, of course, is also a one of the legendary DPs of all time, a cinematographer for *The Elephant Man*, among many other fine films. Screenplay by Ronald Harwood, also a legendary screenwriter, and it's uh, you know basically a, a 19th century uh, cadaver movie with uh, Timothy Dalton and Jonathan Price and Patrick Stewart and a lot of really fine British actors. And uh, it's uh, you know it, it it has it just feels like a freaking Hammer film. It just it's great. Let's see, uh, we also have Dolls, which was uh, kind of a... When, when was Dolls? Dolls was like in... Was it late 80s? I think it was late 80s. Stuart Gordon, who would of course do things like Reanimator. uh This is, you know, one of his uh, lesser efforts. Uh, still kind of freaky. Countess Dracula, which is an actual original uh, Hammer film from 1971. Uh, kind of cheesy, but it's got some interesting performances in it. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. Return to Newcombe High. This is one of those great trauma films that we just don't get any of anymore. This is Return to Newcomb High, volume one. Uh, is you know, just Lloyd Kaufman completely going out, out of his mind. And, of course, they package it in a green plastic keep case as a Blu-ray because, you know, green is the color of toxicity, you see.
1: Oh, I, I've, I've seen those Toxic Avenger uh, Blu-rays and yeah. DVDs. And they're all green. They're
0: all green. It's great. It's all, you know, ra- irradiated and toxic-wasted and all that. Uh, Blu-ray DVD combo pack from, uh, of the movie Death Spa, which I had never heard of before, and it's truly incredibly ridiculous. This is from MPI, and, uh, the only thing that makes this film watchable is that it's so incredibly stupid and bad. Um, this is, uh, an 80s film, and boy does it look like an 80s film. It is so, so dated, uh... It it just, you know, it basically elevates the whole uh, 80s health fad to a horror film. You don't want to go to the death spa. Uh, I do. Even Better, with a similar title, is one of the greatest 70s horror films ever made. It is so ridiculous. This has been made fun of so many times. And it's just so much better than you can possibly imagine when you finally get a look at it. This is Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. It's on Blu-ray now and I think even Jimmy Fallon has spoofed this on occasion. It, it truly that's exactly what it is. It's about a bed that eats people. It's the funniest, weirdest, stupidest thing I've ever seen and you just you can't wa- you can't stop watching it. As soon as it's over, you want to watch it again. It is, it is just completely off the... It,
1: as soon as it's over, you want to watch as it As soon again. as it's over,
0: you go, I can't believe that actually it, it, exists. It's, it's like Chinese food. No, it, as soon as it's over, you go, I can't believe that exists in the world. I, I've got to put it back on. I've got to show my friends and family. I've got to invite the neighborhood over. They're never going to believe this. It, it really, it's just totally off the wall. Uh, not scary by any means. And then Monkey Shines and The Dark Half, uh, both by George Romero who, of course, has done many things other than *Night of the Living Dead* and uh, *and uh, Creep, uh, uh, Creep* show, but those are the ones that he's only known on, uh, known for. So this is uh, *The Dark Half*, obviously the Stephen Romero, uh, Stephen King novel, directed by George Romero, and uh, not bad, not a bad interpretation of it. That's on Blu-ray now from uh, Scream Factory, uh, with a whole ton of extras, including a commentary by Romero who's a really smart guy and does a great job and then stuff on the visual effects and everything else and um, Monkey Shines the story of a man and his evil pet monkey uh, one of the more adult films that Romero made which actually feels like it's much more well thought out uh, than probably anything else based on a novel uh, by Michael Stewart which did pretty well uh, at the time uh, this is a late 80s film that's uh, kind of, I, I think this is, you know, really deserves to be rediscovered. And this is also from the Orion Library and released uh, through Scream Factory. So I'm glad all that Orion stuff is making its way out. Now, Mark. Yes, sir. We are both fans of the French director Jacques Tati. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to Criterion, Tati is, uh, his, his complete oeuvre is now out.
1: Wait, let me tell you something. I had to buy this. You know why I had to buy this?
0: Because I'm not giving you mine. Because you're not <laughs> giving right. me
1: yours. I had to buy this, Wade. Yep. The complete Jacques Tati. It's fantastic.
0: Unbelievable. Unexpurgated.
1: If you want to see a director like no other, mm-hmm. a basically a silent film director... He's a silent film director, mixed with like a French comic mindset. It's just mixed with beautiful, gorgeous modern touches in playtime, amazing. and just, uh, just and ooh. you know
0: playtime is the only sixty-five mm negative, seventy millimeter you know print film ever filmed on uh, on the European continent by a European director. What? That, yeah, I mean that's like really it, it, it's the only one. It's the only one, especially in France. There are no seventy millimeter French widescreen epics. There's only playtime, and it's such a beautiful movie. I, I love mean, it. Ugh. Uh, seven discs here, and you get Jour de Fête, Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, Mon Oncle, Playtime, uh, Traffic, Parade, and uh, some even shorts. and some shorts, which is great. Uh, you know the the packaging. You get those those slim line kind of cardboardy. Uh, Cases that fit inside the, uh, the sleeve. So it's a little bit flimsy as far as packaging goes, but it's, you know, just keep it safe and keep it away from the silverfish and you'll be good. Um, What's l- amazing
1: about Tati is that it's so, so, and again, this is, we're talking like, you know, and we're talking to the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So many of his films had to do with technology and how technology is like taking over and our, our dependence upon technology mm. and modern conveniences and whatnot. And that is so relevant today, even though obviously Tati is not around to uh, make movies about Facebook. Um, still, he was working, even in George de he was working themes like that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. just great. And, and Playtime, and, obviously, is obviously the, the ultimate, you know, high technology and the modern era and whatnot and, and how this, this poor trench-coated Jacques Tati is going to survive this, you know, this cold, sterile computer era. It, it's all there. I think this guy's great.
0: It's fantastic. really yep. is. Just outstanding. So that, uh, the extras, there's no way to even enumerate them. It's, it's well, one you of the,
1: can. It would just take a while.
0: It would take like a whole show. It's, the one, it's one of the most complete and packed suites of extras you, you will find on any set from Criterion. So this is once again Criterion just raising the bar and outdoing themselves. It's uh, an, extra- yep. an incredible, extraordinary set.
1: Well, actually, I would, I would say it's one of the best uh, releases of the year.
0: Yeah, I'd agree.
1: I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. What else is out there? Did did Smaug or something? Some Hobbit (laughs) Smaug thing? No. Go get yourself a
0: a Jacques Tetti. Pretty great. Pretty great stuff. Uh, On the uh, foreign language front, we got a a few other things that are worth making note of. Uh, Dormant Beauty, which is a Marco Bellocchio movie that kind of came and went. People sort of literally missed it. Um, it, It's got uh, uh, Isabelle Huppert in it, although it's an Italian film. And this is a really interesting drama uh, about a um, group of people. They're all, all separate lives, different storylines, but all people who are dealing with the role of faith in their lives. And uh, you know, one, for example, is about a, uh, um, a senator who is in a position of having to you know, vote for a law that you know, involves capital punishment and um you know in another case there's a story about assisted suicide and uh it it really is is quite interesting um Bologchio has made just he, he, there's no way to ever pinpoint him on on a film he's just he's all over the map and he's very talented but sometimes he makes films that are better than at other times and not all of his movies necessarily make it over here this received a theatrical release thanks to kino and it's now on DVD unfortunately not on Blu-ray probably should be on blu-ray at some point uh we can only hope but Isabelle Huppert is just magnificent in it and uh really that's probably the only reason it got a release in the u.s so that tells you something also uh if you saw vim venders film pina uh you probably know a great deal uh about pina bausch as a choreographer and you can learn even more by watching the wonderful uh film one day pina asked by chantal ackerman the uh, friend the great French director, and this is this was made over many years. This was released in 1983. It's only an hour long, and uh, this is, I think, in many respects, better than the Vim Venders film because it's much closer to it. You know, it was shot when she was uh, she and her her company were in their prime. It's not sort of a posthumous tribute. This is really in the moment and uh, really immerses you in her sensibilities and in in what she was doing. And uh, it's really quite gripping. I, I, I obviously, I think the two films are great companion pieces, but I think to really, really immerse yourselves in who she was and what she was all about and how she related to the to her dancers, uh, you this is the film you want to watch. It's one day Pina asked.
1: Wade, uh, don't know what to make of uh, Le Chef. This is with uh, Jean Reno, and this is sort of a like a Ratatouille thing, one big night kind of thing. It's about a. Um, it's about this aspiring a chef who uh, gets fired from a lot of jobs. He's very fussy. And uh, in the end, he winds up being discovered by his idol, played by Jean Renault, And the idol is a uh, revered but uh, a bit old school, kind of fading into obscurity kind of a chef. And he's about to be fired from his own restaurant. So the owner of the restaurant says, hey, old fussy chef played by Jean Renault, you should you should take on this, this kid and uh, do like an odd couple in the kitchen kind of a situation. So... You know, it's cute. There's some funny lines, you know, like uh, they do some funny stuff with uh, language, the language of food, like, you know, the fragmentation of a duck. And, you know, th- there's some, a little bit of laughs there, especially when it comes like making fun of modern cooking. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I don't know that this really amounted to all that much. Uh, I would, if you have to see a movie called uh, Chef, I would definitely more strongly recommend the John Jean, uh, Jean Favreau film. Called Chef
0: Yeah which I You know what um, That's going to be In the awards mix too Isn't it
1: I don't know what to do with it I mean what, what would you do with it
0: they, they sent us that screener You got that one right No Oh yeah I did Yeah of course you did Yeah I did It's the it's the retail DVD That we already yeah. saw Yeah Alrighty um, I'm going to blow real quickly Through a whole bunch of uh, As we're getting short on time Through a whole bunch of Other foreign language films Just should be on your radar here Venus and Fur Of course the, the Tony winning play uh, directed by Roman Polanski with his wife, uh, Emmanuel Seigneur, and Mathieu Amalric, who, of course, is just getting all kinds of attention all of a sudden because he's really awesome. And it took him playing a villain in a Bond movie to get his, his you know, uh, recognizability in the United States up. But anyway, uh, I think this is um, a minor Polanski, but it's perfectly uh, serviceable. I don't know that it's as good as necessarily seeing the uh, the play, but, I, I you know, it's it's perfectly fine. Um Borgman is a Blu-ray and uh, digital HD combo set from Draft House. Boy, this is an odd film. Uh, this is a, a Dutch film from 2003 that is really... I, I could almost see this being remade by an American studio, given the given the plot. This is uh, about a, this vagrant, this almost like Svengali-like, Rasputin-like vagrant who... Um, you know what this is? This is like if uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills were not a comedy, but were instead, instead, some kind of dark psychological thriller. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh-huh. It's, it's that's, and he's Borgman, and it's, you know, he, he, Nick Nolte, he ain't. Uh, it's a good-looking Blu-ray, very nicely done. Another fascinating pickup from uh, Draft House that probably would have fallen completely off of people's radar otherwise. Uh, Siddharth uh, from Zeitgeist is a, an Indian film by Richie Mehta. Boy, this is a depressing movie, uh, but really, really good. This is about a father who sends his son off to be a laborer in a factory, which apparently, even though it's illegal, a lot of people do this in India to help their families make ends meet. And, you know, they need the money, so they send the kid off to be a laborer, and next thing you know, the kid's gone. He's disappeared. He, he like what, well, He was at the factory one day, and he wasn't there the next day. Well, where is he? Well, he's wandering off, and he and he has to go look for his son. And it's so sad because, you know, you re- there there are all of these little details... He doesn't have a picture of his son. And they're like, what are, you t- what are you talking about? Your father, you don't have a photograph of your son? Well, I never, I never took a photograph. And it's, as, a, as a portrait of what it means to be poor and in an India, it's just devastating. It's just a devastating story. Really tough to watch. Not on Blu-ray, only on DVD from Zeitgeist. It's called Siddharth, as in, you know, at like Siddhartha. The kid's name is Siddharth. S-I-D-D-H-A-R-T-H. Uh, Coffee in Berlin won a ton of awards in Germany. Uh, This is a beautiful black and white film uh, that is kind of a... It's a little bit like a German version of After Hours in in some sense. This guy, it's just... Everything is going wrong in his life. And um, it you know it, it it it's it's a really fascinating little odyssey that he undergoes while he tries to put his life back together and it's just it's beautifully done it's beautifully written it's very clever it feels very uh, again very after hours meets woody allen kind of and uh, it's definitely worth checking out the german doctor uh by Lu- by lucia puenzo was a uh, Cannes Film Festival selection, I think, about a year ago. It is historically not even remotely accurate, but it is it is an interesting film from a psychological standpoint. It takes place in 1960, and it is uh, it is a it, it speculates as to what if Doctor Mengele, while he was hiding out in South Africa uh, ingratiated himself into an Argentine family's life and actually did some good for them and they then discover that this man who is doing who appears to be very concerned for their child and for their welfare is actually this, this psychotic Nazi murderer very very interesting from that standpoint uh, doesn't really follow the the historical you know motions of uh, the, the, the trajectory of Mengele where he was at a given point in time but it is what it is And then uh, Alexander Sokorov's Faust, which has been out previously on DVD, is now out on Blu-ray. And uh, not better than any other version of Faust, but certainly uh, very, very good and a nice interpretation given Sokorov's uh, sensibilities and style. So certainly goes alongside other Faust stories, not uh, not above them, I would say, but a good-looking Blu-ray, just the same. And then before I turn it back over to Mark, uh, another black-and-white film, Wolf. Which is uh, stylistically more interesting than it is narratively interesting. Well acted, basically about a uh, a Moroccan kickboxer who. Uh, it's a Dutch film, and it's about a Moroccan kickboxer who you know really has no way out other than crime and, and how the effect that that has on his life when he decides to uh, you know cross to the other side and how it affects his aspirations and his career shot in black and white feels a lot like uh, the the uh, Matthew Kassovitz film Hate La N* from uh, you know 30 years ago 20, not 20 years ago um, but a little narratively looser but well acted. Uh, Marwan Kanzari who stars in it as Majid is really good an incredibly magnetic figure and look for him in some other movies. He's really, really good and this is from IFC.
1: Wade coming in for a landing here on the show we have two from Leos Kerax Wade's favorite director in the whole world.
0: Yep. <laughs> Can't stand of, him. He, cannot stand him. Well, his I, opinion- don't, I, don't, I shouldn't say that. I. I look, uh, he annoys me but he, he does some interesting stuff every once in a while. Look, but that last damn thing of his, I, Holy just, I just wanted to shoot myself. Loved it.
1: Okay. Well, you have to admit, his first film, uh, called Boy Meets Girl, is a great starting point for who Leos Carax would become. Because I think that he was working out his Leos carax but he wasn't completely as inaccessible as he'd become in Holy Motors, although I loved Holy Motors. Um, it's about a guy named Alex, who, by the way, is Carax's real first name. And he falls in love, and it's all about sort of this weird ennui of like being a 20-something, falling in love, and in, in, and all you care about is your own opinions, and then all your opinions are crap, but you're 20-something, what do you know? And just the way he presents it, he just, he's, he's like in love with movies, and he adds like all these textures and props and mysteries, and just it, it's just a really interesting love story. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Uh, it's a really cool movie, Boy Meets Girl. I would definitely 100% um, – Recommended. It's from 1984, and then he followed that up with a very strange little movie. Um, well, actually, he didn't really follow it up with a strange little movie. But um, wait, mauvais sang.
0: Mauvais song. Bad mauvais blood. Sang. Mauvais sang. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah. Now the the uh, the overall on this film sounds like it's like a science fiction thing where it's about like. It's in France and there's a sexually transmitted disease, disease going around and it's spread by having sex but without emotional involvement. So if you're just a bunch of kids sleeping around because it's fun, you might contract this sexually transmitted disease. And it's about these, uh, these people trying to either find a cure but also falling in love and not falling in love and learning what it's like to actually have an emotional involvement um, when you do fall in love. So it's very moody and it really ca- gets into that like, like passionate intensity of youth. You know, and uh, and and again, just like Holy Motors and just like Boy Meets Girl, Carax is really into cinema. He loves movies. He loves referencing other movies. He loves making you think that you're. He he wants you to know you're watching a movie. You know, he doesn't want you necessarily involved in. in, He doesn't want the movie sweeping over you. He wants to constantly remind you that you're watching a movie about a story. But is it a movie about a story or a story about a movie? Yeah, he he, he does all that stuff. Yeah,
0: I know. I hate that. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Um, but I like that. So Boy Meets Girl, definitely recommended. And uh, Mauvais Song.
0: Mauvais Song. Also recommended. Très bien. By
1: the way, with Mauvais Song, you will never listen to the song, uh, to David Bowie's Modern Love the same way again.
0: Well, good. That's uh, something I've always yearned to have happen. Uh, wrapping out, just three more here. Two of them from the great Chris Marker. Uh, the most interesting of them is On Strike. Uh, on strike is really really a fascinating slice of history because uh, this is from Icarus films uh, on strike uh, was shot in 1967 when um, the there was well boy there's a there's a lot of backstory to this so I'll make I'll cut this really short there's a there's a strike uh, at a textile plant in uh, Besançon in France and um, the uh Marker decided to not only shoot it, but he, he was shooting another film at the time. And uh, the, he became involved in the organization of the workers and uh, formed what was known as the Medvedkin Group, which uh, was named after Alexander Medvedkin, who invented the Cinitrain. Which is a um, this thing that they, that they you know that they that toured Russia in the 1930s and uh, kind of you know photographed agrarian life and so forth and so on. So uh, there's there's you know this is Marker kind of getting into his his Marxist mode, supporting the workers, shooting them, but being involved with them at the same time. Uh, and this also includes the film Class of Struggle, which was shot by. The workers that he trained. And then also included here is Be Seeing You, uh, which is the film that he was shooting with Mario Moray when all of this happened. So if any of that makes sense, uh, it's worth checking out. And, uh, you know, you, you get a, a rather remarkable snapshot of history and of a filmmaker. And it's Marker probably more raw than you've, you've seen him in a lot of his other movies. The other one here is from the late 90s, uh, markers have been gone from us since 2012, but this is a weird movie, Level 5, um, it, you know what, the, this woman is making a video game, and it has something to do with Okinawa and Japan and World War II, and we become this like video essay commentary on life and war and the Japanese, and that's as much narrative as you really get there, it's, a, it's interesting, it's kind of lesser marker, but it's still interesting. And then lastly, uh, the amazing Jan Trell, the uh, Swedish filmmaker who just doesn't go away, who is best known as uh, the director of The uh, Emigrants, the, the um, which was when he got an Academy Award nomination and hasn't been nominated since. But he, he keeps making great movies. And he's old now. I don't even know how old Jan Trell is. He's got to be, like, deep into his 80s. But he, uh, he made a film called The Last Sentence set during World War II and uh, telling the story uh, the actual story of a journalist who uh, took on Hitler and uh, it is rather an, a, a gripping tale and an extraordinary story and I'm surprised it hasn't been told before and it's beautifully made and you just can't go wrong and my only regret here is that uh, the film isn't out on Blu-ray I would you know, love for, love for them to have sent us a Blu-ray of this but apparently the Blu-ray is not available or at least they didn't do a Blu-ray. There were for, plans for Blu-ray and there isn't a Blu-ray. So we have the DVD of The Last Sentence, a gorgeous, gorgeous film uh, in black and white, uh, yet another black and white film this week from the great Swedish director Jan Trill. I wish this were on Blu-ray. I hope Music Box makes the decision to release this on Blu-ray at some point in the future. Please. It is well worth it.
1: And with that, Mark, I think we're done. Okay, Smaug. So. Yes, Smaug? In one
0: week, Mark. Yes, our our holiday show. What? The big holiday show. What? Next week. Oh my it's Been goodness. long in the planning. Yes. A lot of great stuff. It's gonna be really fun. Hopefully it's better than every every other show we've ever done, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh <laughs> Don't and then, well. And then we go on hiatus, um possibly through the end of the year. We may be back mid December, depends on how the whole LAFCA award season thing shakes out. Um, well,
1: you you know that for the, we won't do any like December first or December
0: seventh. No, no, absolutely not. Because it,
1: all we will be doing is why. And by the way, it's like our eyes start to bleed. We, no, it's We complain about crazy. this every year on the show yeah. at this time. So
0: we'll be we'll be gone for at least two weeks thereafter, possibly back mid December. Keep an eye on the Facebook oh, page. Probably come on, you got to
1: back Wade. Come on. Give well, we'll see what they want.
0: Well, we'll see. You're going to be out of town at a certain point, aren't you? Leaving you're leaving, ta- you're you're leaving town just for, for Thanksgiving, but not for the uh, the no, the other latter part of the holidays. That is correct. Okay, I don't know if I. Because
1: I love our fans, Wade. You want to ditch them.
0: I do. Uh, All right, uh, ditchy fans. So uh, with that, anyway, so big holiday show next week. Then we're off for a couple of weeks and then possibly back for a week, maybe two, in the middle of December, depending on how things shake out. But if not, if our holiday hiatus extends through December, then we are back uh, immediately after the new year. So uh, continue to email us at gods at digigods.com. Send us Vox boxes where, you know, we, we will jump right into them first thing in the new year. Uh, gods at digigods.com. Send us emails, gods at digigods.com. And come on down to the Facebook page. A lot of great discussions going on. We'll see you next week. Big holiday show.